There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome to Millennial Love, the independent lifestyle desk's weekly podcast on love, dating and relationships. Hosted by me, Olivia Petter, lifestyle writer. And me, Rachel Hosey, assistant lifestyle editor. Dating today is a whole new world. With dating apps, millennials are finding it harder to meet people than ever before. And even when we do, who's to say that we won't be ghosted or zombied or benched or cushioned? That's a thing as well. (laughs) So that's why we decided to launch Millennial Love as two longtime singletons in their 20s, talking candidly about all of the things we're doing, but not always willing to admit. But Rachel and I are... Very honest. (laughs) Too honest. But apparently it's going down well because we got some amazing news this week. We found out that Millennial Love is currently number one in the sexuality charts on Apple Podcasts. So incredible. I was about to say in crazy because it's incredible. It is crazy. I'm very excited. Um, I'm just finding it hard to believe in a, not in a, a wow, oh my goodness. I mean, I just can't even make sentences now, apparently. (laughs) Thank you very much to everyone for listening and basically making us sexuality experts. I know. Gosh, pressure there. Mm, It's quite a lovely label. (laughs) So this week we are going to be talking about, by the way, it's just Rachel and I in case you hadn't realised that. Yeah, hi, hi. So this week we're going to be talking about commitment phobia Mm. um, because we got a new study uh, sent to us the other day with some very interesting statistics telling us that it's actually very prevalent amongst people who are single and also in relationships. Um, And then we're also going to be talking about dating deal breakers. And I think Rachel and I both will have very long lists for those. Yeah, that (laughs) probably explains why we're still single. Mm, Possibly. But hey-ho, so the exciting thing is, is this episode is coming to you from the past. In that by the time this podcast reaches your sweet, sweet earbuds, unless you're listening to it weeks in the future. But if you're listening to this when it comes out, I am very excited to say I am going to be in the Maldives. So exotic. Which I have not shut up about since I found out I was going. Um, But that is why we're having to record this episode uh, the week before. Uh, But this is sort of makes it a bit funny because obviously by the time this podcast comes out, we will have had the royal wedding. Which I could not give to, I won't say the swear word, but you know, I could not give a rat's Mm, about <laughs> see I on the other hand really could give a rat's mm about I am mm. so excited I I think it's great I mean I love the royal family I love a wedding I, I actually at the at the last one I sort of made a little shrine in my bedroom <laughs> where I, I saved all like the newspaper supplements like the special me- memorial not memorial souvenir editions and um, memorabilia mem- well, yes, yes yes exactly I had like a mug and I have all these posters up on my wall what of, is like, it that you love about it well, I I think we sort of touched on this episodes and episodes and yeah. episodes ago. I just, I, I, it is something that taps into that sort of love of fairy tale, 
romance and it's the traditional thing and and I like that you know Meghan and Harry are making efforts to bring the royal family into the 21st century because lord knows there are lots of ways in which that needs to happen yeah but I mean I just love a bloody huge wedding I, I mean actually I really feel for them because so much scrutiny I mean having a wedding is stressful enough as it is I mean I I really actually really feel for them but I'm so excited nonetheless and despite all the naysayers like yourself I actually (laughs) think in on the whole it brings a very lovely atmosphere and positive vibe to the nation yeah (laughs) all right all right all right I'd be excited (laughs) if I was going don't get me wrong free party you know but yeah. Well, true. Well, 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 hopefully at the next wedding we'll we'll get our invitations. But by the time this episode comes out, hopefully everyone's had a lovely time watching the royal wedding or not watching it, as the case may be. I will be in the Maldives. Oh, God, so you're not going to be able to watch it? Yes, I am. Oh, no, it's this weekend. I'm, yes, Sorry, yes, 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 I'm yes. so out of touch. <laughs> it, it is confusing. I understand. Okay. Um, but anyway, to be honest with you, that's mainly what I've been up to. I've been... Working on the royal wedding a lot. I'm mm. really up to my eyeballs in royal wedding right now, which is fine because I love it. But um, I'm sort of forgetting what what else is even going on in the world. Well, I'll tell you what else has been going <laughs> on in the world, Rachel. There's Amy Schumer's new film called I Feel Pretty. Oh, yes. So I went to see that last weekend. And I went to see it because it's had so much criticism. It's been controversial, hasn't it? Yeah. And I think it's really interesting because I think the the purpose of the film... Do you want to explain, explain the premise? So it's sort of inspired by Shallow Howl. Oh, um, yes. But it's like a feminist retelling of that. So Amy Schumer is riddled with like insecurities about the way that she looks, hates her body, is physically repulsed mm. by herself, which is you know, a really horrible thing to see on screen. I mean, it's Amy Schumer. She's a Hollywood celebrity. She's not exactly like... And she's what? A size 12? Yeah. So that tops. that's quite jarring, I think, from yeah. the outset that you've got this like sort of um, paradox there because she's still a Hollywood celebrity. But um, anyway, then what happens is she's in a cycle class, uh, not a cycle class, a soul cycle class, like spinning, a spinning yeah. thing. And she has an accident and hits her head, wakes up, and suddenly she sees herself completely differently. She sees herself as this like really slim, what she perceives to be beautiful and mm. perfect woman. And it completely changes her and the way she conducts herself. So there are a few spoiler alerts here, but you know, she gets a boyfriend and she um, stops talking to her old friends and she gets a promotion at work. Like all this Mm. great stuff happens to her. Um, And I think, you know, obviously the message of that is that beauty comes from within and it doesn't matter what you look like. But I just think that message kind of falls flat a bit because of the way it's done. It's so, it's almost caricatured because she's so over the top with it and it's so it it also kind of ignores and simplifies I think the burdens and pressures that young women feel from popular culture and celebrities like Amy Schumer um in order to look a certain way and like there's so Emily Ratajkowski is in it Mm, um the model the model who is constantly posing pictures of herself naked on Instagram and calling it feminism whole other story Mm. um but anyway she's in it and there's one scene that just really irritated me at the end when Amy Schumer walks into the changing rooms of her spinning class and Emily Ratajkowski's character is crying and Amy Schumer throughout the film is kind of in awe of Emily Ratajkowski's character because she's obviously the slim, beautiful woman, which mm. seems like exactly what Amy's character 
thinks is synonymous with beauty. And what we're all told is, to be honest. Well, exactly. It's sort of the Victoria's Secret idealised model. Anyway, she sees her crying, asks her what's wrong. And then Emily Ratajkowski says, oh, I got dumped by my boyfriend. And Amy Schumer's character just reacts in this ridiculously absurd, over-the-top way. And just going, oh, my God. You mean you? Like, you got dumped? As if to be like, oh, God, like, slim girls can Mm. be rejected by men. And that's like this big epiphany that she has that then leads to this, you know, supposedly Mm. empowering speech about female beauty. But it just, it just seems so hackneyed and so, I don't know, it just really, it just made the whole thing seem a bit stereotypical and a bit silly. Almost patronising, I guess. Yeah, it is quite patronising. Because, I mean... (sighs) I don't think anyone, anyone thinks that, oh, if you're thin, that means you must be an amazing person well, and no, no exactly. one will ever dump you. No and one like, thinks that. I get that if you are, you know, very beautiful by, you know, society's standards, you probably don't have too much trouble a- attracting people in the first place. But no one, no one thinks that means you're like actually a decent human being. No, and I don't know if that's the message that the message that she's trying to perpetuate with the film, which she wrote herself as well. But I just, I don't know, I just think I imagine it's a shame. It ca- I imagine that the film came with good intentions. Mm. You know, she was trying to probably tap into body positivity. And I, yeah. get, that's, I get that's what she's saying, but I, I need to go and see it. Definitely go see it. I Personally, I think it skips a lot of the nuance that is required mm. in order to effectively portray Interesting. a message like that. But I'd be interested to see what you think about it. Mm. I'll try again and see it when I come back from, mm. you know, the Maldives, when I've just hopefully spent a week pretending to be a mermaid. Oh my God, you're going to the Maldives? Ha <laughs> Yes, apologies in advance for anyone who follows me on Instagram because I'm going to be annoying. I'm actually quite excited because I've never been. I, I want to see what it's really like. Thanks. Well, I will, I will show you what it's really like. And, you know, maybe I'll fall in love with a merman. Yes, I hear there are great <laughs> mermen in the Maldives. That's exactly what all the guidebooks say. Yes, yes, exactly. Come here for the mermen. Do you know what is a, a puzzling question? With mermaids Please. and mermen, this is what happens when we don't have a guest. Um, yes, we go off on slight <laughs> tangents, but how do, how do they reproduce? Oh, that is a good question. Has anyone thought about that before? Do they bash their tails together in a joyous mm. harmony? Gotta be careful then if you accidentally bash your tail, you yeah, know. Oops. Slip a scale somewhere. Mm. <laughs> Accidents could ensue. I'll do some research. God knows what happens with contraception. Christ. <laughs> All the fluids go flow around in the ocean. And you're better, in the sea. Better be careful. Better be careful. <laughs> right, let's uh let's let's move on. Mm. Let's do bio of the week. This is from Mitchell, who is twenty-six, and his bio reads I joined a reggae band the other day. I play the triangle. I just stand at the back and ting. <laughs> I mean, I think I've heard that joke before, yeah. but I still think it's like, it's quite nice. It's like a quite snappy yeah. um, bio. And I think you just read that and go, <laughs> like you wouldn't, you're not going to like burst out laughing. No, but it's something different. Yeah. It's just a wins. bit like, you know, it's quite, it's quite fun. It's yeah. quite, you know. I like it. I, think I it's do cute. too. Congrats to Mitchell. Mm. So. Our first main topic of discussion today is commitment phobia, which I think is very interesting as a topic because for I think for so long, and 
this is, I think, has been reinforced by TV shows such as Friends. There's been this um, stereotype or idea that men have commitment phobia. Women are always trying to snare a man. And I'm talking about heterosexual relationships here. Women are always trying. They want to settle down and get married and have babies. And they're just trying to catch a man and make him commit. And men are always trying to resist being tied down and etc, etc, etc. Which I just think is so not true. From my own personal experience and many of my girlfriends... Often, it's the other way around. The guy wants things to get serious and the women are like, ah, I don't know, not sure. I'm not saying it's never the man who wants to commit and the woman who doesn't, but I think this is a damaging stereotype and it is untrue. Yeah, I agree. And I think it, a lot of it probably comes from that ticking biological clock sure. kind of perception. You know, women need to have babies. Mm. <laughs> and you, need to, you know, you get less fertile as mm. you get older. So I think that's probably where that like slight sexist stereotype comes from or very sexist um but i think it's interesting because commitment phobia doesn't just uh mean that you don't want to be in a serious relationship true it can also be not wanting to commit to holidays with the person that you're with not wanting to commit to certain dates it it kind of transpires on all sorts of different scales so true and I would also drop in here the date-time continuum, which is a theory which I think actually originated on how I met your mother, but it essentially means you don't make plans with someone further in the future or, like, something that's more months away than the amount of time you've been dating. Mm. So, for example, if you've been dating for three weeks, you should not be making plans with that person for two months' time. Or on a different scale, if you've been dating for six months, you don't make plans for eight months' time or something. And I I think there's a lot of sense in that. Yeah, I think so too. I think it's something that a lot of us probably do subconsciously Mm. um, that we won't make. But I think when you start seeing anyone for the first time, you don't want to necessarily make plans that are too far in advance just in case stuff goes wrong. But, you know, I have a friend who recently started dating someone and I think two months or three months in, he had asked her to go to a wedding with him in Spain or somewhere, like, you know, six months later. It's crazy. I know. But, you know, so but being she said yes. that would probably freak me out. Yeah, but I think in the right circumstances, that stuff doesn't freak you out. And that's what I think is at the crux of the commitment phobia thing, with me anyway. Yeah. Is I, this something you struggle with or not? I don't, I don't think it is really, no. Mm. Um, it's not that I start seeing someone and I immediately want to be in a relationship with them. But I think if I don't, if I know I'm seeing someone and I don't want to be with them, I don't want to be with them. It's not because I'm afraid of committing to someone. Mm. It's it's just because I know it's not right. I think in my head it's, it's not commitment phobia. Um, but, you know, maybe it is subconsciously. I mean, we have some figures from eHarmony who conducted a study of 2,000 of its users into commitment phobia. And it found that one in four people admit to being afraid of commitment in the sense that they don't want to uh, be in a serious relationship with someone. Um, and there are various reasons for that, whether it's um, feeling emotionally unavailable or having a lack of confidence, uh, fear of opening up and being hurt after you were hurt in a previous relationship, or just uncertainty over a partner being right for them. Um, And I think there are arguments to say that commitment phobia can be something a bit more deeply rooted in terms of your family. But I don't know, I feel like this is something that you struggle with more than I do. Yeah, I genuinely do. And it took me actually a long while to 
realised this was an issue for me because I arguably I never got that far into any relationship. But I think <laughs> the commitment phobia issue is partly why. For me, it's a case of I I do freak out if I you know that I go on like a, a few dates, a handful of dates, dating for a few weeks with one guy, and they sort of seem to be wanting it to progress and take it to the next level, and I don't know, be staying at my house all the time, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. That makes me freak out, and I'm like, ah, no, get out of my life, and um, it makes no sense. It's completely irrational, and even even in the earlier stages of dating someone, I might come back from a first date or a second date, and um, the next day just be like. Well, I'm going to swipe the dating apps for the bit, you know, see. Because there might be someone else out there. And I do think that dating apps really don't help with this. Yeah, they definitely don't. Because there's that, like, swipe culture where, mm. you know, as soon as you go past someone, there's another face. But that is a genuine right fear there. for me. I, like, don't want to commit to one person if I'm like, what if there's someone better? And I hate that I think like that. Yeah, well, you're not alone. I mean, in the study, they, they had, I think it's, again, one in four or something of users that don't want to... Um, limit their options because obviously so bad though it's it's you should appreciate when you have someone great no I agree but but I I still think my core understanding of all of this stuff and and even with you I slightly think that you know you say you have commitment phobia I don't think you would have commitment phobia if you met the The right right person. person and I know it sounds so cliched but I really don't think I think when you meet someone and it's mutual and you know which is bloody rare to meet someone that likes you as much as you like them it's so rare it's so hard but if you do have that and there's that parity of mm. emotions and feelings there then i think all of this you yeah. know rubbish yeah. just kind of falls to the wayside i really do yeah i would like to meet someone with whom i am completely smitten so that then i'm i'm thinking about them all the time and i'm so into them that i'm mm. not even remotely thinking about oh, was that a hot guy who just walked past me on the street? Or from that guy on the tube, oh my gosh, he looks amazing. Or, you know, I'm wanting to go on dating apps. I'm so happy with the person I'm with. But from my experience, whenever I feel that way about someone, it's not mutual. Yeah. And the re- I think the reason why I think that maybe this isn't actually, well, you know, what you have isn't actually commitment phobia, but just not meeting the right person is because when you look at the reasons that psychologists say that people are afraid of commitment... I don't think any of them really apply to you. Mm. So, for example, the ones I listed before, you know, being in a relationship that has left you reeling, that hasn't happened to you. Nope. Um, A lack of confidence, I don't think that's you either. (laughs) Quite confident. (laughs) I think you're pretty confident. Um, And then there's also the deeply rooted, you know, family issues. So a lot of these are... You know, which probably apply more to me, to be honest. (laughs) So, like, coming from a family where your parents are too enmeshed emotionally with you, this is what the psychologist who was accompanying the study Mm. said. Um, And then, you know, responding by wanting to be fiercely independent and wanting to escape the clutches of, you know, that parent somehow. So that's one way. Um, The other way is abandonment issues and Mm. fear of being abandoned again. So say for example so not wanting to get close to someone yeah Yeah. in the fear that they might leave you Mm. so say for example a parent has passed away or moved or your parents are separated then you might not want to give yourself Mm. to someone so easily in a romantic sense the fear that they will then leave you again like Mm. your parent did and I think a lot of these things are much more subconscious than totally we realise um 
And I think you have to be very emotionally intelligent in order to recognize these things in yourself. It also is linked to um, many, many episodes ago, we had a um, sort of dating expert on called Madeline Mason. And she explained to us the three different attachment styles people oh, yeah, have. So there's um, secure, anxious and avoidant. And people who have an avoidant attachment style, which I have self-diagnosed, <laughs> self-diagnosed um, for myself, um, are more likely to have issues with commitment. And it does it's linked again to this sort of desire to be super independent. Mm. And but I also wonder if for some people who might be in my position is that they have they are actually almost so used to being single and so used to living their own lives and having their own space and being able to do exactly what they want with their time that it's not necessarily always the case of not wanting to welcome someone into your life because you think there might be someone better around the corner but also because you're actually you're almost too stuck in your ways or too set in your ways or although you could argue that well if you're happy in your ways well, you don't why do you need to yeah, make space for someone else but i think if else? you've never been in a relationship before it's very easy to get sucked into having total total autonomy Completely. And, and not knowing what it's like not to have that mm-hmm. and i think that's probably quite a daunting thought um, yeah, because, you know, is. being in a relationship, obviously speaking hypothetically here, <laughs> um, but it's a compromise. You have to give up all of your selfish, you know, plans and wants and needs for someone else because it's not just you anymore. You know, I hate yeah. the word partner, but mm. that is essentially what it is. It's a partnership and it's about compromise. Mm. And it's a di- totally different relationship to anything you would have ever had before with a family member or a friend. Mm. It's a much more intimate relationship not just in the sexual sense but in the <laughs> amount of time that you spend with someone and the things that you do mm. so I think yeah sacrificing the thought of sacrificing the things that you like doing for another person yeah I mean they have to be really worth it I feel like you must have to really like someone mm. to let them into your life but that's me speaking as someone who has been single forever and is I hate this expression fiercely independent I don't know why is someone always fiercely independent it's always women who are described like that I know I was about to say men are um, never described as no it's like also <laughs> men are never described as feisty or bossy or no. you don't so, you know when you say it's a strong woman strong you never say it's woman. a strong man like mm. you don't mean it in the same way um I've lost my train of thought now going off on that. What was I talking about? Oh, yes, when you're independent. Oh, yeah, so from the angle of someone who is, you know, very independent because they always have been, for me, I feel like, God, someone must have to be amazing and bring so much joy to my life for me to make space and make time for them. And so I feel like, God, that's so hard to meet someone that amazing. Whereas some people who... They they probably wouldn't agree with me if they're more relationshipy type people. Mm. They just think, no, it's just so lovely to have someone. And to them, it's not a case of, oh, my God, I have to make time in my life that's so full for someone. It's more like I just I want someone. Yeah, I agree with you, though. I think I think, you know, that relationship does have to be really special in order to pursue it. But I don't I think it's actually quite damaging to put too much pressure on the individual and actually place the emphasis more on the again quite cliched connection that you guys have Mm, because yeah and we'll get on to this when we talk about dating deal breakers but you know you hear so many people talking about 
relationships that have really surprised them and the people that they ended up married they never thought they'd see themselves with yeah classic yeah but I think it does happen and it's really it's a testament to you know your yin and yang it's not necessarily that person because you're never gonna find an amazing godlike Adonis that Mm. is you know ticks all of your boxes it's sadly no you just won't (laughs) but it's it's just about finding someone that you feel really comfortable with and you know ticks all of the boxes in terms of what you want from a relationship rather than from a human being the question is as sexuality experts that we are (laughs) (laughs) yes (laughs) what do we think those who struggle with commitment in whatever form that may be what do we mm. <laughs> need to do? You go. For advice. Yeah, what's your advice to people like moi? <laughs> um, well, I mean, just what I said, I would stop putting, putting so much emphasis on finding the right person mm. and try as much as you can to forget about your checklist mm. um, and be very open to meeting people. I think say yes to every date that comes your way unless Ugh. they're really but no one's getting asked on dates like every single day are they you could though if you if you like committed to dating apps okay you you could but you probably won't and we (laughs) don't advocate that but I think give everyone a chance Mm. um because you never know um I think don't be snobby about dating apps some people really are I know a lot of people that have met on dating apps and won't even tell people that that's how they met because they're worried that they're going to be thought of as like superficial in some way which is absurd um I think give them a go don't lose hope if you have a bad date and just 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 don't give up many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out my solution is plush care PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Hold on, as Bryony Gordon oh, said yes, in our Bryony. last episode, so which wise. will have come out by now. I would also add that it's important to remember you can do things at your own pace. If you're, start, if you're seeing someone and you're starting to freak out that it's moving too fast, I think it's important to talk to that person and say, look... Things are moving a bit fast for me. And if it keeps going like this, I will probably push you away. Totally. Um, And, you know, you're allowed to put the brakes on and say, can we slow things down a bit? Like, can we go back to just hanging out once a week or something? Mm. Like, you know, you're allowed to slow it down. And if just because someone else is the other person, the person you're dating is seems like to want to do things at the speed of light, 
and you don't doesn't necessarily mean you're not well suited. I think you just have to be aware of, you know, the fact that they might not have any issues with commitment. And if you do, tell them so that they know where you're coming from and they can sort of be conscious of not <laughs> making you freak out. Yeah, you know, you're right. I think everyone has vari- like varying degrees of speed that they're willing to yeah. go at in a relationship. Some exactly. people might want to jump from seeing someone once a week to seeing them, you know, four nights a week within a month or something, which which I've never had. But no. if that did happen to me, that would definitely scare me off. <laughs> I think maybe one reason why I don't see myself as having commitment phobia is because I've never been faced with a situation where I felt like suffocated by someone mm. I'm seeing. It's always been pretty laid back and stretched out over a period of weeks rather than so intense. So that I, would definitely put me off. I'm always just generally, I just don't understand because I've never experienced it. When people start dating someone and they're suddenly like, I just want to spend all my time with this one person. And I'm like, Christ, I don't want to mm. spend all my, t- I couldn't spend like more than a day with anyone. No, I know. I told you what my best friend said to me recently about Tell how me. she wanted to sew herself into her oh, boyfriend. Yes. <laughs> yes, I don't understand the strength of feelings. I know. How do you like anyone that much? I just don't know. I don't want to sew myself into myself. <laughs> <laughs> well, there we go. We'll hold on hope. Yeah, there's still we still might meet someone we want to sew ourselves into as bizarre as that sounds. <laughs> but until then, we need to be conscious of our deal breakers. Mm, eh? Very eh? good segue. So I think that concept of deal breakers is really interesting because you know everyone's always like, oh, you know, you need to throw away the checklist. Well, not everyone actually. When we had Annie Rosa Crow on, she said, you know, know what you're looking for, etc. Mm. So there's not a sort of one rule for everything. Um, but I don't think there's any problem in having things that are deal breakers for you. No, I, I, I agree. I think it's actually quite good to have some deal breakers because it's setting boundaries. I agree. Which I think is really important. And I don't think being picky is a bad thing. No, nope, neither do I. I mean, maybe in 10 years time, I'll <laughs> change my mind and be like, why was I so picky? But for now, I, I, I definitely think it's good to be picky because as I've made quite clear, no one needs anyone. So no. be picky and if they break your deal that's that's not an expression is it deal or no deal (laughs) quite (laughs) next time i want to break up with a guy i'll just be like no deal (laughs) (laughs) all right tell me yours i'm intrigued i mean i've got quite a long list i'm not Um, surprised (laughs) i have to say none of them are about the physical appearance of the person no neither are mine except bad shoes interesting Mm, like what kind of bad shoes uh like if someone's got like really like falling apart shoes or just <laughs> really horrible shoes or What's really a horrible cheap shoe? shoes. I didn't think Although you cared actually, about fashion. That is so rude. I mean for men, sorry. I didn't mean it like that. I do, <laughs> I do care and like actually really struggled <laughs> with this one guy I was dating a while ago. He had this one faux leather jacket and I just detested it. I never said anything, but I thought it. Interesting. Um, so that is the sort of only thing that's based on looks which probably sounds quite superficial but like are we just talking scruffy shoes or like just shoes i don't like just shoes you don't like <laughs> like uggs oh my gosh do men wear ugg boots some crocs crocs would unless you're do you like boat shoes yeah do you like desert boots what's desert boots um they're like boots like chelsea <laughs> boots yeah sort of like boys versions of chelsea yeah boots, but you yeah well, th- yes i love those yeah okay a lot of boys wear those actually mm. but i don't have a dated one who wears them no i like them though do you like trainers 
depends. Are they doing sport? No, or, like Converse or like... See, Converse less keen on actually. Okay, yeah, I and to be honest, I don't really like Converse. Yeah, I like, like are you a skater from 2008? Yeah, like you know are I mean? you an 11-year-old boy listening to My Chemical Romance? Exactly, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Um, yes, I, I actually recently went on a date with a guy and he was wearing Converse and I was like, hmm... That's a that's a Yeah, cross. I've never thought about shoes, but yeah, I see where you're coming from. Do you have any any sort of appearance based um, things? I probably wouldn't date a guy that's short. And which is uh, really bad. We've touched on this so many times. But that's pure that's probably my only physical thing. And I I, I hate to say it, but I probably would agree. Mm. But I am the average height for a man, and I just want someone taller than me. Yeah. Which, you know, cuts out half the male population really. So I'm making things harder for myself from the off. Mm. But it's just it's just I'm not I'm just not attracted to shorter guys. I know, but it's because we've been indoctrinated. Yes, I know. Well, men would say I'm, you know, I'm not attracted to blah 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 or whatever because yeah, of true. films and true. stupid Yeah, but, but men men feel it the same way. Like yeah. they don't want tall girls. I was once hanging out with these guys who were two guys who were six foot four and they were like, Yeah, I ideally want a woman five foot eight or shorter and I was like you are such tall men mm. and yet you think I'm too tall yeah. and I'm not even that tall. Well, we spoke about this when we had um, Megan Crabbe on. Yeah. Like it's this kind of idealised way of a really strong, big mm. man protecting his mm. tiny, tiny lady. <laughs> mm, I know, it's so outdated. Yeah. But hey-ho, so a big, big thing for me is someone who has bad spelling on grammar. Like Yeah, me too, actually. When you're messaging mm. and they just put apostrophes in the wrong places I've, I've genuinely like ghosted people off dating apps if yeah. they can't spell same that's a good one but you know what? I'm an intellectual snob and that you makes are me sound a snob. like an awful person <laughs> <laughs> in so many ways thank you Rachel um, <laughs> that makes me sound like an awful person but yeah I just I don't like it no definitely um but in another snobby way um i feel strongly about table manners oh yeah that's on my list if, oh that good well well I'm, actually it's not quite table manners it's rude to waiting staff slightly different but i understand mm. uh, but for me it's like if you hold your knife and fork wrong or pick your teeth at the table mm. or you know chew with your mouth open yeah and arguably is that a bit snobby i don't know i find it a turn off yeah but it's just physically unattractive i think for some people like yeah. you and I. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like snobs like us. Yeah. <laughs> um, would, give me another of yours then. Okay. Um, so this is quite an obvious one, but like a bit of a different sense of humor to me in the sense that they don't pick up on like my amazing sarcastic wit. <laughs> um, and, you know, they just don't, they don't make me laugh. Yeah, sure. You, that makes you sense. don't necessarily need someone to be particularly outwardly funny but if they don't make me laugh, it's never going to work. Um, and Makes sense. going into another slightly snobby one, someone that lives a bit of an unhealthy lifestyle. No, I completely agree. Like, if some, I'm not saying you have to be into gym. Like, I'm into the gym. Maybe you like playing rugby or yeah, or playing something. football or just doing something that keeps you active. Yeah, um, I think for someone who has no interest in being active in any capacity, I, it is a turn off. Yeah, to me. but equally, equally with food as well, because mm. I mean, you and I are both. Oh yes, actually, no, this really into our food and well, into into healthy food. Yeah, I know, true. I know, you like other, you know, non healthy foods as well, as do <laughs> I. But you know, like to look after ourselves. True. 
And I don't think I could date someone that was going to McDonald's every night. True. I struggled actually before when I was dating a guy who seemed to never ever eat a vegetable or have any interest in eating a vegetable. Yeah, because a lot of the activities you do in a couple revolve around food. So that's just really a logistical problem. Well, (laughs) that's 100% actually an issue for me is that, and this kind of just comes down to having the same same passions as someone you're dating, is that I love food and food is a huge part of my life. And so I need to be with someone who is equally interested in trying out new recipes and cooking interesting exciting things and going to try out new restaurants Mm. and really cares and is excited about that um not someone who's just like i'll just have pasta with cheese on for dinner every night yeah because it's sort of it's it's quite a lethargic persona isn't it and that's a bit unattractive Mm. well as another thing i would say is that for me i find it a massive turn off if someone isn't enthusiastic or passionate about anything it doesn't have to be something we share obviously it's great if it is but it i i find it very attractive when someone is really into something and gets excited about something yeah, and I is agree. passionate about it and enthusiastic and when someone's just a bit met about everything in their life ugh, i don't find it attractive yeah you want someone that has a passion because also you don't want to be someone's only passion you know what Completely. i mean you want them to have interests yeah. whether it's certain films or music yeah. or Whatever, or Completely. a sport. Or you just need something. Yeah, I, I don't understand. Well, obviously, for some people, this works well. But for me, it clashes if someone just has no sort of get up and go. Yeah. And just wants to sit on the sofa every evening mm. and watch Netflix. And like that's nice to do from time to time, for sure. Yeah. But I would really struggle to date someone like that. Yeah, same. And I did struggle to date someone like that, mm. who just did not want to go out to restaurants or go out to do anything. Like, it really was a real struggle for me to, like, convince him to actually go Mm. and see the world and you know not I wasn't saying let's go and you know paint the town red and I don't know go to to strip club or something but just just (laughs) just not that you would ever do that with a boyfriend but just to actually like go out to dinner to a restaurant yeah I think I suggested it once and he was like should we go to Itsu (laughs) <laughs> and, I was like, and maybe that sounds really snobby, but you know, it's was the place like, where we go to lunch. Every and you're day. in London, and you're in London. There's so many fun places to go that yeah. don't cost a bomb. That you know, just a different atmosphere. Hundred percent. So I think another interesting one that I want to ask you about is so we are both quite anti-drugs as mm. people go, um, and I still kind of am getting to grips with how prevalent drug use is actually. And would it be an issue for you then if you dated someone who was into drugs? You know what? I have dated people that are into drugs because, Mm. to be honest, almost everyone I know (laughs) in my friendship groups from school and university take drugs, whether casually or every weekend. Blows my mind. Or once in a while. And I know that your friends aren't necessarily like that. But for me, because (laughs) because I've grown up around it for so long, I'm kind of used to it. But, and I wouldn't, I wouldn't, it wouldn't be an instant deal breaker for me if someone took drugs from time to time. Yeah. But I actually think it sort of depends what kind of drug it is. And I know this sounds a bit weird, Mm. but like I dated a guy once who was very into ketamine. Right. And that's horse tranquilizer. Is it? And it's a very strange drug. It's a very dark drug. It's, I mean, I know all drugs are dark, but... It really messes with your head. It's a real, it, it makes you really low. 
it people take it to way. escape their own reality right. and it's just quite a dark it's just it's just it's just not yeah, a good it, sign it, if someone's could, really into yeah, that if you want to take that and you're trying to just escape your reality yeah. then something is not right exactly um and so if someone was taking that regularly it would be pretty awful equally if you're going out with someone to club nights or you know whatever and they start taking drugs and then they can't yeah. speak to you or even register your existence which has also happened to me I dated guys at uni and would bump into them at house parties and they wouldn't even look at me because they they couldn't because they were so high on you know coke or mushrooms or whatever they were mm. taking um so that I find really off-putting but if someone does it once in a while when I'm not there Mm. It doesn't bother me that much because um, that's what all my friends do, mm. uh, which doesn't make it okay, but I'm just more used to it. It's what about you? Yeah, it's sort of similar. Like I I really am quite anti-drugs generally. Mm. Um, so As am I. I just, I've suppressed all of yeah. my views because I can't speak to my friends about it, even though I care about them so much yeah. and I just want to be like, do you know what you're doing to your brains? But... It's so entrenched in their culture. Mm. I, you know, I'm fighting a losing battle. So yeah, I don't yeah, say I see what you mean. So I mean, I guess for me, it'd be, I'd, I'd struggle. I would struggle to be honest, especially if that was something people did regularly. Like if someone was like, oh yeah, I tried it, this or that one time, because I was curious. Like, yeah. yeah, all right, fine. I understand. You're curious, fine. Um, but yeah, I think I would really struggle if someone did it regularly. But that kind of comes down to sort of having different values in some ways I yeah think. definitely and, and yeah and different different hobbies as well because you know mm. someone that's really into drugs is probably also really into going to certain nights out and certain clubs and yeah into certain music you know it's all very um ingrained in certain cultures that we're not necessarily big in yeah, true, 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 true. And then I think my one other big deal breaker that came to me is, you know, if someone is not a feminist, if mm. someone is, you know, one of those nice guy misogynists. Oh, God, they're the worst. They are the worst, aren't they? Where they think they're nice, but actually they're a misogynist. Mm. Um, and that's just something I would just be like, boy, bye. How do you think that would manifest itself in someone you were seeing? Um, I guess it's, it's, it's very difficult because I'm not someone who's going to like slap a guy for doing anything that he deems to be chivalrous. You know, I'm I'm not going to do that if they want to do that. But it's, it's sort of someone who would try and like control what you wear and oh say God, like, oh, yeah. but you look way better in this, babe. Because mm. they don't want you to wear something that's like showing off your cleavage when you're going out without them or yeah. something type thing. Um... I don't even know, but you know, there's like sort of comments and that guys who just don't get it, mm. who just don't get it. Um, the type of guy who, like Johnny from Love Island, who doesn't understand when a woman wants to split the bill, yeah, and that you know finds that offensive to his masculinity. Mm. Exactly. Fragile male ego, exactly. It's not good. Got any more? Um. Oh, bad relationship with family. Yeah, I mean, um, I think someone that is quite dissociated from family life isn't necessarily a bad thing and that's not always something that is someone's fault yeah but being quite scathing about your family and just having quite toxic relationships 
is is going to impact your relationship with that person. Mm. You know, how could it not? So I think that's a bit of a red flag just to be cautious of. I think it's very difficult because I think when it comes to family, it's very much on a case-by-case basis. Like, yeah, definitely. If someone actually has had a hellish upbringing and their parents have been awful or, you know, they, they've gone through some stuff, then you, I think you can understand why they would want to remove themselves yeah, totally. from that. Um, but I do know what you mean. It, it is nice when if someone has a... A family they are close to. Yeah, and I think... Family values you know, and all. Yeah, exactly. And I think, you know, the opposite of deal breakers, for me, one of the only things that I really, really would like from the person I'm with is someone that comes from a lovely family situation. That's cute. I think that's a real important one for me. Because then you want to feel like you'll then be welcomed into that family. Exactly. Yeah, no, I get that. Yeah, I realise you and I have fully just like sat here reeling off a list of. I know no one's going to want to date us. Ever, I know, right? and also like I, <laughs> they're going to be like I, you picky bitches. I am sure as well that you know various people will reel off loads of deal breakers and we, that we will tick all the boxes of. So they'll probably be like someone who's snobby, yeah. <laughs> and then like you know that we someone uh, who loves grammar yeah, oh my god like they are the worst people so pedantic um exactly and or they'll be like you know someone who doesn't know how to let her hair down or someone who's like really annoying and going to the gym all the time mm. like we're not saying that we are perfect individuals oh christ and no. that um anyone who does all the things that we've just listed is an awful human um we just thought it would be quite fun to compare and contrast mm. notes and please we did on the deal breaker scene um if you have any particular deal breakers um we would love to hear them because yes. we'd love to know if you agree with any of the ones we've shared or if you disagree or if you just want to reveal any of your own we are always interested to know Sadly, though, guys, that's it for today. Please, please, please head to um, Apple Podcasts, where we are chart topping, um, <laughs> um, or uh, Acast or wherever else you get your podcasts, and rate, review, and subscribe. And please keep sending us your stories. Sorry, I interrupted you. That's okay. I sort of paused and then I decided I would say a bit more. Essentially, by doing the ratings and reviewings and everything, that helps other people discover the podcast and it makes us really happy. Makes us so happy. And also what makes us happy is reading your dating disasters and dilemmas. So please send them to us at millennial.love at independent.co.uk and everything will be kept anonymous. You can also tweet us at Rachel Hosey. Is it Rachel Hosey 1? Rachel underscore Hosey. Sorry. Come on, every I'm Olivia Petter one. Olivia Petter one. Get it together. Or Rachel underscore Hosey. Or you can slide into our DMs on Instagram at Olivia Petter 8 and Rachel underscore Hosey. Yes, the same. Every time. Yes, we also have our Instagram account. Yes! Yes, yeah, so the Instagram account. Slide those DMs too. Don't bother us. <laughs> Go in there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or just follow. You don't always have to slide into DMs. No, I just like saying you know, slide into DMs. She, she, she feels very <laughs> millennial. Um, so it is millennial underscore love. Yeah. And all the fun stuff is happening there. We've got memes. We've got fun pics. We've got witty captions. We've got it all. Full package. Yeah, with a nice pink theme yes. as well. <laughs> but please give us a follow um, because we would love to see you there. And you can join our Facebook group, which is facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash millennial dot love. We hope you have enjoyed listening to this episode. I have certainly enjoyed it from the Maldives. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, you're going to the Maldives? Did I not mention? Um, but thank you so much for listening, everyone, and for all your continued support. Yes, thank you so much and we will see you soon. Bye. Bye.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 